The Holy Gospel for this Sunday in the season of Easter comes from John chapter 21. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to Peter a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because Jesus said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to Jesus, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, Jesus said to him, Follow me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The other day, my bank's website told me that I had to update my password. They didn't ask me about it. Hey, would you like to update your password? They just dictate it from on high. It's time to change your password, they said, and it must have one capital letter, be at least eight characters long, include at least two numbers, and one special character, like an asterisk or a dollar sign, and also it must be an ancient Greek or something like this. <laughs> now, this is a small problem when compared to the problems of the world, but I don't know anybody who enjoys passwords and changing them. 
It is a small daily frustration to keep track of them all in the first place, and changing them sometimes just puts me over the edge. How do you remember them all? I know there's apps for that. People told me that after the 8 o'clock service. But still, <laughs> still there's so many to create and remember. Is this the one with the dog's name? No. Is this the one with my childhood address? No. This is the one with the zip code of the best man at my wedding. No, no, I don't know. I just want my own information. Why can't I have it? Inevitably, I went back to the bank website a few days later and promptly entered the old password. Irritating. A week later, the same thing. And then I read an article that says that on average, it takes 21 days to form a new habit. And there's not much you can do to speed it up. 21 days to remember the new password or change the route you usually take someplace or add a habit, a workout to your week or finally cement that person's name in your memory. The flip side of that, of course, is that you are going to fail a lot in those first 20 days. And there's not much of a shortcut for it. You just have to do it. <laughs> you have to expect yourself to forget the new password or the new name or the new route or that workout you were going to do on Tuesday. You will forget repeatedly before the new thing sinks in. Depending on exactly how you count them, there are up to 13 separate stories of the resurrection in the four Gospels. Matthew has two. Mark only has one. Luke has about four, and John has six. And these are not just different retellings of the same story at the tomb. Most of them are entirely new, unique, different experiences that people have over time with the risen Jesus. They take place over a period of time, several days, even weeks. Jesus keeps showing up over and over and over again. Jesus shows up in locked rooms full of disciples who are afraid, terrified, not sure what they should do with their lives next. He shows up at his own grave, waiting for Mary Magdalene to look up for just one second from her desperate search for his body. He shows up on roadways and mountaintops and beaches and gardens. And every time people have different reactions to him. They're terrified sometimes, overwhelmed. They're clueless and confused. They're joyful. They fall down in worship and their joy is yet mixed with disbelief and wonder. Time after time, Jesus shows up and nobody really knows what's going on. So he shows up again, and nobody still really knows what's going on. And so he shows up again and again and again. And you and I are in this room because we believe that somehow Jesus is still showing up for us. So maybe part of the reason the gospel tells us, the gospels tell us all these resurrection stories is because we are trying to form new habits around them, new lives. And it turns out it takes a lot more than 21 days to do it. We fail at it all the time. And so we need these stories, all of them, to remind us that 
our confusion and our mistakes and our failures and our disbelief and our wonder and our joy, all of it has been built into the experience of the resurrection from the very beginning. God changed the ultimate password. You only move from life to death. And we still haven't quite gotten our hearts and minds around it. We so often think that church is full of people who have finally managed to remember the new thing, to get it down. But it turns out the church is full of people who are still working their way through all the mistakes. So today we've had the chance to give thanks for our kids and for the many volunteers who work with them. And in just a little bit, we'll have an opportunity to give thanks with our ninth grade students and the ways that they have made three years worth of time and energy and effort into the confirmation program. When we baptize folks, often when they're very young, and then again when they are confirmed, when they say yes to the yes God said to them, we hear the invitation that God extends to every one of us every day. Our ninth graders will all stand up here in white robes symbolizing their baptism, and we will ask them, do you intend to continue in the covenant God made with you in baptism to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God and Christ through word and deed, to serve all people following the example of Jesus, and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. That is a big job description. And we might think that the goal of being in the confirmation program for three years or being in church for week after week all of our lives, we might think that we should get to a point where we've learned enough. We've answered enough questions. We've filled out enough sermon notes, done all the required service projects. In other words, we should get to a point where we finally figured it out. Those of us who work with our confirmation program have watched these kids for the past three years, just as we watch every group of kids that make their way through this time. It won't surprise you to hear that they're all different. At the end of their confirmation experience, each of them creates a faith project of some kind in which they ask themselves, what does my faith look like in my life now and where might it lead me? And if you haven't had a chance, all those faith projects are out in the narthex, and I invite you to make your way there and see those afterward. And you'll see how diverse the skills and abilities and dreams and hopes and visions and questions those, those kids have are. But I can say I'm pretty sure that most of them still have more questions than answers. Some of them are still wondering what they really do believe about God and church and how they fit in. Some of them are still struggling with what it means to pray for them or what it means to them to come up and receive a little bread and dip it into wine or juice and believe that this is the very presence of God that they're holding in their hand. Some of them have been looking forward to this day and some of them are pretty nervous and some of them are not really sure they might think maybe they have to do this confirmation thing with their fingers crossed behind their backs. 
What if they're still asking questions? One of the reasons we've started celebrating this big thing, confirmation, during the Easter season is because as these kids come forward and say this big yes to the God who says yes to them, we want to surround them with this diversity of resurrection stories. All the different ways that Jesus shows up over and over and over again and always to people who are full of questions. Part of the gift of those stories is that they remind us that lives of faith are meant to be like that. Still full of questions and uncertainties and mistakes. We shouldn't be afraid of that. It's just built into faith itself. Another gift of these resurrection stories is how different they are from each other. So Jesus comes to Mary Magdalene at the tomb, and she doesn't know who he is until he says her name. And then she recognizes him. But Jesus also shows up on a road where two disciples are walking home brokenhearted, and they also don't know who he is until he comes to their table and he breaks bread. And that's what it takes for them to recognize him. And Jesus walks through a locked door full of fearful disciples. And he breathes onto them as a sign of peace. Because that's what they needed to know who he was. And Jesus comes to Thomas, who is still full of questions, and says, it's okay, you can touch my hand. And you can feel my side. Because that's what Thomas needed to know who Jesus was. And Jesus comes to a bunch of fishermen on the beach who all went back to their day jobs because they didn't know what else to do, although apparently they weren't very good at it. And he cooks them breakfast because that's what they need to know who he is. Some of us need words, and some of us need food, and some need a touch, and others need for people to know our name. And some of us need somebody to walk with us. And others need space for doubt and questions. And some of us want to shout and sing and be together. And others want to stand alone in a garden. And Jesus shows up in every one of those places. So the Bible tells us 13 resurrection stories. And today we're going to add 14 more named Ruby, Jack, Nate, Gwyneth, David, Megan, Tara, Anna, Amy, Alice, Jackson, Allison, Matt, and Elizabeth. We'll add those resurrection stories to the stories of everyone in this room, including all those kids back there. Because the real promise of Easter is that the resurrection stories never stop. They never have. And the promise we hold on to is that they never will. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.